0: Yes, we are back. I am extremely, extremely excited about it. Have a nice little docket list of episodes that we will be going uh, through one by one. Some will be strictly audio like this one. Others would be video as well. If you have any topics that you want us to discuss, please send it our way at info at com. Again, that's info at WilsonFinancialMGMT.com, And you can send any topic uh, regarding to finances that you would like for us to go ahead and discuss and talk about. But as in life, you always have to work before you're in any position to go ahead and play. So at the end of this, you will get a little clip of me giving a few shout-outs to a few different companies, what Wilson Financial has in store, and a friend of the podcast as well. But for now, let's get into the education portion of Wilson uh, Financial's first financial literacy. And we're going to base everything and give you guys great information on just understanding the surface level, the foundations of making the right steps forward to have a full understanding of the world of finance to best suit you, in your future as you pursue financial prosperity. So let's get right into it and we'll move forward with this. Since I am a believer of the Lord and Christ, there is nothing I can do without him. So let me share these words with you for freedom. Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. That is coming from Galatians chapter five, verse one. Reason why I love this one and use this scripture here is we do not ever want to squander our blessing. And the Lord has blessed us to have that job, to have that business that supports not only ourselves and a lot of cases, our family as well. So that is a blessing to have the resources and the funds to do what is necessary to protect and provide for our family, as well as delivering a lot of those wants. So we do not want to condemn ourselves or our family to the bondage of debt. But first we must understand finances in the whole. So that is what this first course is all about. So, to introduce myself, if you guys do not know who I am, my name is Floydell Wilson. Born in in Fresno, raised in a small town in Indio, California. I pursued my uh, basketball aspirations, but found a true love and calling for numbers and educating people on how to effectively use that so that way they are in a situation of prosperity being financially free from debt. So I went ahead and got my degree from Grambling State University in Business Administration. Currently I'm studying for the LSAT so I can get into law school hopefully next fall and pursue becoming a corporate attorney. So let's get right into it now that you know a little bit about me. Number one question is do you never have enough money? Some spending is inevitable and important while others could be kept in check. So I put together a small little list here. You have your housing, your utilities, food, transportation, retirement, education. You got health care, insurance, your cell phone bill, little household supplies that you would need, toilet paper, cleaning supplies, things of that nature. You always want to save because that is your future. And here at Wilson Financial, we're always, always focus on tomorrow, not today. You have the times in which you spend to go have fun and entertainment, take care of yourself and your personal care products, those charitable contributions and donations that you give to all of these many nonprofits and your church. You have taxes and miscellaneous. I would point out that the ones that can be kept and in check would be the food, education, the student loans, insurance. You can control that. You don't have to pay the highest premium for insurance when you can go somewhere else and get even more for your buck. Your cell phone bill that can be locked in at a rate. You do not have to have the most expensive phone out there and the most expensive carrier. Entertainment—you can limit yourself on that. You don't have to buy in bulk, or in, or in, in extreme cases, your personal products or households. No need to get outlandish with the spending in that category. The charitable contributions can be a blessing unto others, and it can, in many aspects, affect your taxes as well in a positive way to alleviate that that tax uh, burden that you may have. And then the miscellaneous spendings on little things here and there that potentially can add up and snowball to a large amount of money that you've spent throughout the year. So you always wanna keep your eyes on those things and keep, keep that in check. So that sounds like a lot of bills. That sounds like a lot of money. So what is it that you are to do when you have a mortgage that could be 1800, utility bills could average 145. You got groceries that can be from $200 and up transportation, of course, and gas uh, gas per month. You have your car payment, the retirement that's coming out of your check that you're, you're putting away uh, for the future. Those student loans, the student loans I would say is something that we'll talk about on another episode on how to really pay that debt back, but it not be a burden unto you. You have the healthcare cost that comes out of your check, your car insurance, the housing supplies, the savings that you did for yourself or for your kids, which is outside of what you're doing for your retirement. The entertainment, the donations, and the others, which could be credit cards, shopping, and gifts. So many bills coming your way, so many different reasons as to why to spend, to spend on yourself or to spend on the others. And the key, the very extreme key on how to manage all of that, based upon the income that you are bringing in is to put an effective budget in place. That right there is the key. That effective budgeting will show you how much it is that you have left so that way you know how much you can enjoy because we want to take care of the house and home. Because if that is not taken care of, you could put yourself and the family in a huge predicament. And that is one thing we do not ever want to do. But as time goes on, you're doing your budgeting, you're paying your taxes, You're, you're spending the necessary money that you need to saving the retirements, all of that's going well. And we, as we come to the close at the end of the year, we're receiving the money that we're using the to, to spend and to pay for all of our bills. There's a thing called taxes that have to be filed at the end of the year. We are putting all of that information together. We're compiling all of our documents so we can submit that at the end of the year to our tax professional, and then we're filing either right at the end of the year or up until April. But the rule of thumb is when you are with your employer, you always want to claim single. Do not take those exemptions. It can be very tempting. A lot of people claim numbers just to have the numbers so that way they ensure that they get the most the most back every single week every two weeks every month because they want all their money up front but you got to understand this receiving all of your money up front will affect you in the end when you have to file your taxes that means because you've paid little to nothing you're going to actually owe the irs back so you always want to claim single no exemptions so they take the most out And then when you decide to file, you file necessary, single, head of household, married, separated, or joint, married jointly. That will ensure that the most is taken out and you could view it as an additional savings account. Because you'll get the money back based upon your tax preparer and how they allocate different expenses. place things within when they file for they file your taxes and and you receive that w-2 so always claim single no exemptions pay the most out so you can receive the most back great great information I believe that is taxes are fun they're enjoyable it's it's nothing to fear there's nothing to worry about It's it's just good things, good things. But then we, we wanna shift throughout the year. We may not use our accounts for every little thing because we have credit cards. And credit cards are something I used to fear. Credit is something I used to be afraid of. But as I understood and educated myself and read upon it as the years went by from youth and into adulthood, I realize that there, are, there is great value in credit cards. It's just how do you use that credit card? How do you spend? What is the purpose of a credit card? What is it that it actually truly does for you? So what credit basically is, is keeping your credit score healthy will always allow you to take out loans with a lower interest rate the lower your interest rate, the lower the payment. So when you have that credit card, and now you've built the history behind you, moving forward, the higher your score, the lower your payment, and the less that you're paying back overall whenever you're taking out a loan for a car, a house, or even the credit card itself. But when you have one, There is a limit and that limit is the amount that you're approved for on the credit card. You never, never, never want to go over that limit that negatively affects your score. What you want to do is to make sure you only use 30% of your credit limit to keep your score healthy and high. Yes, having a balance does affect your score, but it won't be as negative as an impact if you're at 30% or low, so if you get approved for a credit card and it only has a hundred dollar limit, uh, whether it be from a bank or any of the department stores like a Macy's an express or a children's place. So you don't want to spend no more than $30 a month, 30 over a hundred, that's 30%. Say you have a $7,000 credit limit. That means you don't want to spend no more than 2100 a month. And how we want to utilize these credit cards is monitoring once all of our bills are paid and we have that effective budget in place. How much is it that we are left with to enjoy, to spend, get money on gas and this and that. That right there is the amount that you want to spend on your credit card. Why? Because then we're following the Wilson Financial Rule which is do not charge it unless you have it in your checking account to pay off right then and there. That's the key. What you have left is what you're able to spend on that credit card so that way you ensure you're being disciplined with the credit card and also with your funds you do not want to find yourself in a situation where you've buried yourself in a hole and now you're continuously owing because the interest consistently carries itself over but yes it can be scary but there are positives and we will go over the pros and the cons the positive number one is you can buy something when you do not have the cash for it it is safer much safer than walking around carrying cash if you lose cash there's no way for you to put a claim in and say i lost my hundred dollars on the side of the road that hundred dollars is gone no bank is going to just give you cash because you lost your cash that'll be your responsibility as for with the credit card if you lost your credit card all you have to do is cancel it wait for the new one in the mail that gives you that safety and security and in many cases a lot of credit cards offer zero liability protection which means in the unauthorized transaction on your credit card you can go ahead and call your credit card customer service line let them know that transaction is not yours and they will credit the amount spent back on your card so you are not responsible for that transaction also credit cards are easier to use than the check checks can get lost in the mail you could write it for the wrong amount or spell the name wrong and then now you're having issues with your check is not clearing because you wrote it to the wrong person and things of that nature. So credit cards are positive in that aspect as well. But the most important, it helps establish your credit. As we said before, keeping your credit score healthy, always allows you to take out loans with the lowest interest rate. Your score is only healthy is if you have established your credit and you're showing a history of being an individual that consistently pays their bills in full on time. The negative things though are the the reason why the rule is put in place that we have here at Wilson Financial because it makes it so much easier for you to spend money that you don't have because you can pay it off next month. The statement closes every 21 days. I can charge up a thousand, oh, I'll just pay it off over time. And now you find yourself owing more, spending more than what is left on your budget that you, have had, that you now have allocated to spend. And now you're carrying in debt month by month by month. Then there's the need to pay interest and that the rates may vary. That's another reason why a rule is in place. Don't charge it unless you have it in your account, or you can charge your card on a Monday, for example, and then pay your card back off on a Tuesday. And that helps alleviate paying a whole lot of interest for having a balance. Some of them also charge annual fees. So like Hilton has an annual fee for a lot of their credit cards. Uh, so does the Southwest credit card or a Sapphire or any of those that are giving you extra and beyond benefits for traveling or dedicated points just for that, uh, just for that hotel or just for that airline. A lot of those have annual fees. So be methodical in choosing the credit card that has the annual fee. Ensure that it gives you rewards. So you're earning on the money that you spent and you might not ever have to pay a fee because then you can redeem the points or the miles and turn it into cash to pay that monthly service fee back off. Also, there are penalties for late fees or missing payments, which are not only negative for credit card use, but negative against your credit as well. We have to be cautious gotta be cautious on how we utilize our credit cards but when we are they are the best thing that can happen for you and your credit and the credit comes with scores we've all been to school at one point in time we're either on the grading score of 1 through 4 or 1 through 5 or the traditional alphabet A through F so a credit score is pretty much your grade on yourself and how you are effectively managing your money. So that way you can get the approvals elsewhere whenever you need a new vehicle, need a car, yacht, motorcycle, bike, credit card, whatever your lending may need, it may even be a business loan or a line of credit. So most lenders use the, the FICO method and the FICO method is used 90% of the time in lending decisions. So a lot of us uh, now know that the numbers range from 300 to 850. That's their grading range for this method. And there are tr- there are many, many other methods out there, but we will just focus on the FICO today. The higher the score, the better your credit and your score is broken down into five different segments, which is why how you use your credit card, how you're paying back these loans is very, very important. 35% of your credit score is based on your payment history. The higher the percentage is based on the 35 is that you pay on time. So for example, this is how this works. If you're an individual that's had a credit card for 10 months, but for whatever the case may be, you missed the two paint, you missed two payments being on time and they were re- they were reported to the credit bureaus. Now it's reflecting that you made 8 payments out of 10. That puts you at 80%. That truly affects your score. Now in order for you to To have an exceptional payment history would mean that 10 payments will have to turn into 100 payments and you would not, could not have missed any other payments. So that would put you at 98%. That is a very long time because that is on a monthly basis when it comes to that credit card. 10 payments turning into 100. That's 90 additional payments. That is seven and a half years. So please, please make those payments on time. They will affect your score. The next is outstanding debt. That carries 30% of your overall score. So that means if you're owing more than what you actually earn, that would be outstanding debt. The next would be the length of your credit history, which in many cases is considered your credit age. So how long have you been a member who has been borrowing money? That would be considered your length of credit history. When did you get that first loan? How long has that loan been open? Then there's new credit. When you go out there and get that car. You get that new card, new credit card, that'll be new credit, affects 10%. And then lastly, the types of credit. Just like an investment or a portfolio, you always want to diversify your credit. That means having different types of credit cards, not all from banks, but you can have them For strictly gas, you can have them just for department stores, you have a car loan, you have a mortgage, you have a line of credit, a business line of credit, all of which that you acquire when necessary, but however, diversifying. So whatever type of particular loan you may need to acquire in the future and apply for in the future, that creditor now sees, ah, they're good with credit. They're good with those credit cards. They're going to pay the car loan back because they have that payment history. is excellent. The length of credit, how long they've been borrowing, and they're always limiting their debt because they're paying on time. So how do you get your credit report? Because it is very, very, very important that you obtain your credit report and know what's going on on your credit because if there is anything, anything on there that should not be you want to go ahead and dispute that so you're able to go ahead and visit online at uh, annualcreditreport.com this is truly truly the only site that is actually free and you're able to obtain all three from the uh, credit reporting agencies that would be the equifax experian and also the transunion So due to FACTA, which is the Fair and Accurate Transaction Act that was passed in 2003, it allows you to obtain that report every 12 months for free. In other words, you can use, uh, in other regards, you're able to obtain your credit report either from your bank. A lot of banks now are giving you access to your credit report. Um, And usually they don't have all three. It's usually one. Uh, You have some credit card uh, companies are also allowing you to view a portion of your credit report as well. They may update every month or every week. But here at uh, Wilson Financial, we love to use Credit Karma. We always suggest our clients to use Credit Karma. Now, Credit Karma does use TransUnion. They use the Vantage Score 3.0 so it gives you a great snapshot of what your overall credit looks like. Again, as we mentioned earlier, FICO 90% of the time is used. The Vantage 3.0 method is about 10% of the time. So, this is great information because it updates every week and it's free. And so that way you know what's going on with your credit. You can see little changes and how they really drastically can affect your credit if you keep your credit limits low, if you're not inquiring too much for a lot of different loans uh, because you do want to limit on those hard inquiries as well. So it gives you great information, a lot of additional tools uh, now that they've updated the app as well. So great, great information, great information. So we did bring up one of the key factors earlier was savings. So this is outside of your retirement uh, retirement accounts, your Roth IRAs, the SCPs, the 403Bs, this outside of all of those. So this is traditional bank savings accounts. So you always want to put money aside in case of emergencies. That's what we really really want to use these savings accounts for at a banking institution is to put whatever it is that we can afford based on what our budget entails that we put aside for safekeeping or emergency keepings. But there are different types of savings accounts that are out there. We have traditional savings, we have money market accounts, and we have certificates of deposits. So let's go ahead and talk about those. So keeping your money in the bank is what basically a traditional savings accounts will do for you a lot of times they're going to often limit the number of deposits and withdrawals that you're allowed to make per month and that is based on regulation d if you want to look it up that basically entails that you're only allotted six withdrawals out of the savings account uh throughout your statement period if you consistently exceed that a lot of times banks will then therefore convert your account to a checking account because again the whole point of a savings is to save draw out when absolutely necessary a lot of them are going to require you that you keep a minimum deposit a minimum amount within that account so that way you ensure you're not charged any monthly fees most of them do earn interest Uh, right now a lot of them are at 0.01% which is not much uh, you get low cents on the dollar, you typically will start seeing interest earning at that percentage at above $300, $500. And the other great thing it is, is that it is insured by the federal government through FDIC. So that's the information on traditional, on traditional savings. We'll go ahead and move forward to the money market accounts. So a money market account is money that you deposit. It's just like a savings account. Instead of it just sitting in the bank, earning little to nothing, the money is actually invested. So it is in many cases insured by the federal government. It is a a very, very safe investment, but it does offer lower returns. When we're thinking conservative, we're looking at rates uh, of the rate of interest that we've earned on our principal deposit will be very very low because there isn't any aggressive aggressiveness uh, to it. Then we have the safe the certificate of deposit, so that is pretty much money that's held in the account for a fixed period of time of your choosing. You can do 30 days, you can do two days, you can do six months, eleven months, three years. And based upon the term that you choose, the rate will be different in a lot of the cases. Uh, So whatever the rate it is that you agreed upon, you will know before you make that deposit and open up your CD account. And also, they will always, always inform you of the disclosure that typically you're looking at 1% to 2% if you're going to go ahead and withdraw that money before the term of your choosing has come. And what we call that is the maturity date. So if you set it for six months and they guaranteed you a 1.5, 1.75 annual percentage yield on that CD, what you're looking at is a one to 2% if you take it out before that six month date has occurred. So here Wilson financial, we love American express. We support American express not only do i personally have the credit cards from american express i also have their savings account and their savings account is a high yield savings right now they're currently their rate is at 1.90 percent which is a lot a lot higher than 0.01 at a traditional bank and higher than the current cds uh that are offering around 1.5 1.75 at traditional banks the reason why the interest rate is higher however they have low they have less overhead than traditional banks there's less regulation uh uh, than on a credit union or online banking institution there's less overhead so they're able to give consumers a higher rate so always go ahead look it up online google it you can search it to find different types of high yield savings accounts cds accounts if you really want to be conservatively aggressive in earning money on your large deposits but since we touched on investing just a little bit we'll give you some uh, information on that today just like a CD, what a CD basically does, as we said, it is kind of like investing. It's, it's what I would consider the intro to investing, the baby investing. Now, investing has different types of investing that's out there. There's different things that you can invest in that generate a return. Well, we'll go ahead and define it for those who do not know. Investing is the act of committing money or capital to an endeavor with the expectation of obtaining an additional income or profit from the money that you initially invested. So in other words, you're making money off the money you already have. And there are different types of options that you can choose from when you sit down with a financial advisor, or if you're going to go ahead and do a self derived investment account, which details that you're going to make the changes, the trades, uh, whenever you please, so there are stocks. So stocks is a portion of ownership uh, that you will have in a corporation. So if you own the stock, you own a share in the company, and you are able to buy and sell through a broker who trades on the stock exchange, or you can do it yourself. There's a lot of online different websites. Uh, you have you Invest at Chase. Uh, you have E Trade you have uh, Prime America, all these different types of companies that can exchange and buy and sell the stocks that of your choosing. Next is bonds. So those are usually uh, issued by large entities, whether it be a bank, government, or a large corporation. They uh, pay out a specific amount at a specific and specified time. So, if you were to go ahead and get a bond today for $50 and you wanted to go ahead and cash it out a year from now, because that specific time hasn't occurred, whether it be a 10, 20, or 30 years from the date of purchase, you will not even get the value of $50. These are things that are, that take a few decades to actually mature and you earned money based on what you originally spent and they will always pay out less if you go ahead and cash it out before the specified date mutual funds so mutual funds is operated uh, is operated by an investment company it basically takes the money from investors and buys a number of stocks and bonds and through that over time you'll be earning money on the Initial principal that you've deposited, and what they do with the mutual funds—they have a portfolio of different accounts, so they don't put all of your eggs in one basket and have one specific type of account. They they diversify. They diversify just like with the credit and different lines of credit that you have out there that you are approved for and you utilized. Diversification. Then one of my favorites is exchange-traded funds, which in other words is an ETF. They provide extreme, extreme diversity. Uh, they're, they're at a lower cost to obtain. For example, Amazon, if the share is at 1600, how many of us can really go out there and just buy one, one share of Amazon? So an ETF gives you straight transparency, And that allows you to buy a portion of an Amazon share in addition to other companies that will fall in line, which would be like an Apple or a Microsoft. There are different types of ETFs out there and they'll be able to clearly tell you and show you how much you would own and the percentage of a specific share in that company along with many others, like the S and P 500. So last thing we want to do, if you do not have a financial coach, uh, we are here to help you be that financial coach. If you want to try it out on your own, we recommend mint. What is in mint is a personal finance budgeting, money managed mint website and app. It allows you to view all of your accounts that you, that you have in addition to your credit cards, and your investments and it breaks down your spending by category so whenever you spend you're able to designate into which category and most of the time they have it spot on and right right on they have it spot right on and you won't have to make the the categorical uh, changes but they give you uh, spending based on your categories and if you can also set a budget in place as well which makes it a whole lot easier to see in the snapshot. The budget that you set for a particular month, did you exceed, are you below that budget? How was your cash flow based on the money that was coming in and the money that you spent out as well? Also with Mint, it does give you your a portion of your credit score as well, which is by TransUnion. So it's an excellent, excellent tool to get you started so that way you can see where a lot of your spending is going. Most cases, people are extremely shocked, they cannot believe it, wish they had that money back and they would just go ahead and make another decision, just, oh, I can't spend all that money, I could have put it over here, I could have invested it, so that way we know what we can do moving forward to best help our situation. So. That is it. That is the end of our first little class introduction on financial literacy. Have a clear understanding of what is going on with, with uh, the world of finance and how we can use that information to best suit us. If you have any questions, you have a topic that you want us to talk about, again, send us that email to info at WilsonFinancialMGMT.com. That's info. info.wilsonfinancialmgmt.com Thank you guys for listening. I do, do truly, truly appreciate all the ears. I hope this was a blessing unto you. You're able to use some of this information. If you need more, reach out to me. We're here to be your coach to advise you and guide you on your financial journey to become free from the bondage of debt and walking and leading our financials into a land of prosperity. Now what we're gonna do at this time is put a clip at the video of the end of this so you'll be able to look at this on Facebook just search us wilson financial mgmt you will find us on facebook and also on our youtube page the links will be below so that way you can view what it is that i've seen and so excuse me so that way you can view all that i have talked about because i put together a brilliant slideshow for you guys so just go ahead and click on the link below you can see the video at the end of this appreciate it, much love to you all until the next one